Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey y'all, I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, this is April. And this is Caroline. What show is this? Bloody Happy Hour. Your favorite true crime podcast. And <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. Ah, Four Sigmatic. Wake up your mind with premium organic coffee that's really, really good for you. So this isn't just like regular, a regular cup of coffee. It is the best-selling coffee. It enhances focus, boosts your mood, and supports your immune system. Oh, wow. Four Sigmatic Coffee is mixed with functional mushrooms like lion's mane and chaga. And these superfoods are some of the most studied wellness-supporting supplements on the planet, now easily mixed into your daily favorites. Guaranteed deliciousness and loved by thousands. Over a million cups served monthly. Okay, so Caroline, can you tell them what Four Sigmatic is? Um, it's basically a sciencey way for saying really good for you. And what I found out is during World War Two, that is so hard for me to say. I know it is easier to say War War. War War Two. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm gonna say then. Okay. There was a coffee shortage. Oh, I know. You knew that. I did you know. You listened in history, yes. but not geography. Yes. So instead of just brewing like all coffee, they would add things to it like mushrooms. Oh. And what they found out is that mix, that concoction, did them way better than any basic coffee. Um. So they started a trend. Okay. I'm liking this. I'm liking this. They had things like focus benefits. Clarity benefits, energy, and de-stressing. Can't go wrong. Basically Adderall. Basically. Basically Adderall. So if you're not a coffee drinker, that's okay because Caroline's not. I'm not, but I will totally try this because I need some clarity. <laughs> uh, I li- Well, there's a few things I need, but I need some clarity for sure. And, you know, mental, the mental focus. Yeah, the mental yeah. Focus. There's also protein powder, so it's a plant protein powder that they've mixed all the stuff in, so you get the same benefits, or cacao, cacao, like a hot cocoa replacement. It's not a yoga pose. Or just a basic, like, elixir or super powder that you could put in your smoothies, your tea, your soups, or anything, and still get the same benefits. It sounds pretty amazing to me. Yeah, we have a bunch here that we're going to try and tell you how much we love them. We'll tell you our benefits. And if you want to try them, where can they go, Caroline? Um, you can go to go.forsigmatic.com slash 
happy hour. Yes, happy hour is our code. If you use happy hour, you get how much off? Um, 30%? 30% off. Not 20, 30. Right. Yes. 30% off. 30%. Three Go zero. In order now. Let us know what you think. Bye. But not, but not bye. Just joking. Time for the story. Um, excuse me. Can we take a little moment to talk about what we're drinking? Oh. Maybe uh, anything that, did you have a good holiday? What day is it? What, what's happening? It is Thirsty Thursday. It is Thirsty Thursday. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I just drinking. So I got Truly and I had a Bev beer and I had a. It's Are your holiday leftovers? Holiday leftovers. Well, I'm drinking. I was given some red wine. Wow. Must be fancy, huh? <laughs> it's not a fancy kind. That's why it's not sitting on the table. <laughs> but it's doing the trick. Are you ready for Sierra Joggin? Mm, sure. I don't know that name. <clears throat> well, let me tell you about she her. She be jogging? She be jogging. So, Sierra was born in Ohio in February uh, February 11th, 1996, to her dad, Tom, and mom, Sheila. She's the oldest of five. She graduated from Evergreen High School in 2014 and blah, 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 went to the University of Toledo Junior College of Business. So, always ready to get to the story. Yeah. So, 2014, she graduates. So, it's 2016. She's 20 years old, and she's going into her junior year. And her boyfriend, Josh, lived just a, a few miles down the road. And they had been dating for like seven years. Okay. So they're basically in love. Then we get to uh, July 19th, 2016. Okay. So this is like, um, it's Fulton County, Ohio, which is close to, not far from Toledo. We're just fulton county ohio because it's in a bunch of little small towns mm -hmm. that it happens mm -hmm. but it's all this fulton, fulton county, county area yeah so josh and sierra boyfriends here are hanging out and they decide to go for like a ride out in the country well they go and they're riding side by side so sarah's on her purple bike and josh is on his motorcycle and he's just kind of going kind of slow obviously to stay up with or for her to stay up with him and they're they're in the middle of nowhere like it seems like they're in, in the middle of nowhere because it's like farmland and cornfields everywhere but their home is close but they're still like out in the kind of country and so they're riding along they're just having like the best time they're on county road six and it's not too far from this that evergreen high school that they went to okay so um josh is like sarah's like oh i'm ready to be done with the ride and I'm going to ride home. And he's like, okay, well I'll ride home with you. So Wait, they get, on what? What are they he's on? on a motorcycle, okay. but she's on a bike. Okay. So oh, they're just well, like shit. cruising. Oh. Like he's going real slow okay. and just staying up with her. I don't know why he didn't have a bike, but anyway. Um, so she's like, okay, like you go, you can go home now. She's about half a mile away from her house. She's like, go ahead and go. And I'll just go the rest of the way to the house. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll finish. I'll take you all the way home. And she's like, no, really, it's I'm. We're so close. And so they end up part ways. Gives her a kiss. Tells her he'll call her later. Well, he texts her a few times, and she doesn't respond. Uh oh, never good. Got another lady on a bike. 
Why do I do these bike episodes? So he calls her a few times and she doesn't answer. The phone calls either, which all this is unusual. She usually will text back really quickly. And he keeps calling, calling, calling until finally it gets to be around 10 o'clock. Now, they were out riding around 6 o'clock. Okay. Okay. So it's 10 o'clock. He hasn't heard anything. So he calls her mom. And it's about 1030 when he calls the mom. And mom is like, I haven't seen Sierra since she was with you. And she hasn't come back from her bike ride. And so then this is when they start like freaking out. And they start calling friends, start posting on Facebook, start just looking around, doing everything, searching. And then they eventually call the police like within the hour, um, file a missing person's report. And this is the fastest case we're going to go through. Like, okay. it happens so Real fast. Quick. So, police start searching. They're searching everywhere. They're on this county road six. They're looking for any signs of Sierra. And since Josh was the last to see her, they go and they ask him questions to get an idea of where to start looking. And they're also, Why while Josh they were... the first suspect? Yes, 100%. So, while they were on the ride, he had actually taken a, um, a selfie and posted it to Snapchat. So they had a picture of at least everything. It was all of what she's wearing. I mean, you okay. can, and her her on her bike and what she's wearing, and it's like half of his face. So they have this picture, and then they're within an hour um, of her being reported missing around midnight. Um, an officer is out driving along this county road six, and he notices that some corn has been knocked over in the fields. And so then he like goes and he shines his flashlight and he gets a closer look. And on the ground, he sees something that looks like a small fuse box. Um, And he kind of smells a little bit of gasoline. And then this fuse box would look like something was from a motorcycle. Oh, shoot. So he keeps going. He looks further. He finds two pairs of sunglasses. Um, and he keeps going even further and the light's reflecting off something and what it's reflecting off of is the reflector, which is attached to a purple bicycle Mm. matching the description of Sierra's bike. So this better not be another Huffy. Like it it basically (laughs) is a 10, uh, like a, a 10 speed purple Huffy. I'm pretty sure. So the, the odd thing was, and I heard, yeah, the odd thing was that the bike wasn't laying down. It was, like, on the kickstand. Like, it had just been, like, left or abandoned. Like, it didn't look like it was thrown across the road, like somebody hit it or It was anything. standing on with the kickstand. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it's about three to four rows deep in this cornfield. Um, and also... On the bike, the officer found bloodstains on the handlebars and on the seat. And then he found one green sock and a, a bloody screwdriver. Damn. And she was wearing green socks. So it was one of her green uh-huh. socks. So then they see tracks that look like they're from a motorcycle. And it looked like someone had tried to almost hide her bike in the field. Like they parked it back, like they backed it in and parked it. You're giving us all the hints. Tracks that look like a motorcycle. I'm just telling you the facts. <laughs> all facts, Boyfriend. no printer. So then they 
there wasn't th- there was a little bit of blood on the corn stalks they said but they it wasn't like an huge amount of blood that looked like somebody had been killed there okay it was just Some. yes so body had been drugged by there yeah yeah that happens too um yeah so not if but it, it did look like there had been a struggle but somebody wasn't murdered there so this is whenever they were like okay we have an abduction or kidnapping um those items are all sent to the lab, getting processed. They block the road off. They have a helicopter with infrared searching. All these, I mean, oh, state police, county police get involved, and the FBI gets involved. And the FBI mm. gets involved apparently because um, they were so close to the state line. Okay. That I don't know if it's like mandatory to do that to call in. Like, you, mm-hmm. I don't know how that works, mm-hmm. but. That's why the FBI got involved so quickly, wow. I believe. And so this is this is still like that next day. Okay, so it was, oh yeah. It was reported that her phone, Sierra's phone pinged near the Michigan border, which requires law enforcement to reach out across state lines. Okay, that's exactly what it was. So it's been about 12 hours that she's been reported missing. And a farmer who owns that cornfield where... Her bike was found and everything. He goes to police because he thinks he might have a key piece of evidence. It's a black motorcycle helmet. So this farmer is like, him and his son are driving along the road. They see this helmet on the side of the road. The son gets out, picks it up, just tosses it in the back of the truck, and they go off. And they're like, they didn't think about it. It wasn't a big deal to them. It was just like, whatever. Um, But then later they hear of her disappearance, that's when they take it to the police. Mm -hmm. I like it. Because they had passed, they drove on that road, it was after seven, but they, I guess, hadn't heard of anything, so they didn't even, yeah, think to check. And I, you know, it's like, okay, so on this helmet, they find blood and what looks like fingerprints. So there's blood stains and fingerprints. And... Police are assuming that it has been like used as a weapon. Like it's it's what they maybe like knocked her out with it. Uh. So, yeah, I was I was listening to a podcast. And they were like, "Well, how did they? Why did they not think of anything that when they found blood on this helmet? Like, why would they not know something then?" But I was like, maybe they just threw it in without looking, or it was dark. You know, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But at this point, it obviously is, is like okay, this accident happened um, by somebody who was on a motorcycle or driving motorcycle. Or- and red flag, boyfriend has a ro- motorcycle. Uh-huh. Are they not there yeah. yet? Because uh, that's where we are now, and it's who has the motorcycle that's very close to Sierra. Boyfriend. That is boyfriend Josh, and Josh is adamant he had nothing to do with it. Um. He had nothing to do with what happened to her. He lets police search his home, search the motorcycle. There's no signs of damage, no signs of blood, no hair. But when they look in his truck, they find a pair of coveralls with blood stains all Ooh. over them. Josh, you didn't clean up after yourself very well. So they ask Josh. Josh says it's deer blood from hunting and... 
police confirm that the blood is animal blood and Josh is cleared. Josh, really? What? So, it's starting to get juicy. Okay, so the search continues and this is a town of like 600 people. Huge town. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, and half the town comes out to search. Okay. Which is about 300 people. If, you know, you do math like me (laughs) and you know. So... 36 hours have passed. They're searching this cornfield? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just everywhere. Ah, everywhere. Yeah. So it's like 36 hours passes. DNA comes back from the sunglasses, and Sierra's DNA is on on one pair, and then unknown male DNA is on the other pair. So then the police are searching uh, within the county. I think they just search within the town, and then they had to spread it and do it within the county. And what they do is they search for... Uh, previous felons or um, sex offenders. And so they compile a list Mm -hmm. of anybody in the county so they can start narrowing their zero suspect list down. Mm -hmm. They have nobody even who they would, I don't know. I don't know how they didn't just think of this guy right to begin with, but let me tell you who he is. They narrow down. It's really not the boyfriend? (laughs) It's, I thought it was too at first. Because, it just, it sounds so per- I, Apparently everybody drives a motorcycle in this town. Oh. So, oh. Okay. So then they come across this guy named James Dean Worley. Okay. And he's 57 years old. He's a convicted felon. He lives with his mom and he lives a few miles away from where Sierra's bike was found. And they look a little closer at this felony that he was convicted for. What was it? Something to a girl. When he was twenty six year or twenty six years earlier, he pled guilty to abduction. And in nineteen ninety, he hit a lady riding her bike Hmm. named Robin Gardner. After he hit her, he I think he was in his truck. He climbed out of his truck. Hit her on the back of the hit her over the head, knocked her out, put her in handcuffs, put a screwdriver up to her throat, threatened to kill her. Damn. Threatened to kill her. <laughs> he didn't change his MO at all. No. <laughs> exactly. Same. Forced her in the truck, but then in the distance, Robin sees a motorcycle coming. So I'm mean, there's always motors. Wow. It's, I don't know what's up with motorcycles. Did Harley Davidson? I think Harley Davidson's family lives there. Motorcycles driving by, and she's like starts screaming and just freaking out. Manages to get out of the car. Motorcycle comes, picks her up, takes her home. She calls immediately, uh, tells her mom. Mom calls police. Police go out there. He's still out there. Oh, just Just, waiting on her to come back. Just just waiting. And so the, the they come out there and they're like um what is it called police go to the area where she was attacked and the struggle is still there and he tells police that the lady ran into him oh that lady ran into me i only handcuffed her so she wouldn't <laughs> flee the scene before y'all got here <laughs> what's that little bite police are like sir sir get in the back of the car sir no no He's arrested, charged with kidnapping. He ended up taking the Alfred plea. Oh, we talked about that. I know. Oh, where you don't 
say you did it or you didn't. Right? So it's a guilty plea where the accused does not admit to the crime, but instead talks like says they're innocent. So they they take the guilty plea, but they say they're innocent. Okay, okay. So it's not admitting to the guilt, but admitting it's basically because you know there's so much evidence against you that you're going to get convicted. Hmm. It is. I, I don't. It's not an all. He's guilty in this play in this case, but Michael Peterson. He was telling the truth because it was the owl. Oh, we will all, we will never agree <laughs> on that damn owl. It was the owl. Nope. So listen to this bullshit. He was sentenced to four to ten years. Oh. For abduction, but he got out for good behavior after three. Three years. My goodness. He then returned to jail in 2000 for selling marijuana. Selling or stealing? <laughs> selling. Okay. Get ready. And now a word from our sponsors. Um, what are we doing here, Rusty? What are we going to do? Uh, yep, we're doing the uh, King of the Hill Rewatch Podcast. King of the Hill yes, Rewatch Podcast. Yeah, so we're going to go through one episode at a time. Uh, come along for the ride with us. Come check it out. And, and give me give me a good, um, like, Dale Gribble quote to go out on. Wingo! Yeah, Wingo. <laughs> Wingo. Wingo. All right. Well, join us. Uh, join us for uh, the uh, King of the Hill Rewatch Podcast. Maybe in the heart of Texas. That drinks his brew and he spits his shoe. Maybe in the heart of Texas. The TV players, but no one cares. Maybe in the heart of Texas. I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story. And just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> Bros and Bros and Heroes. Gonna tell you about pros and foes and heroes. Gonna tell you about. James Worley. Squirrely Worley. That's a good name. Squirrely Worley. Lives on a farm, 
less than two miles away from where Sierra went missing with his 96-year-old mother Sus. and mentally ill brother. Oh, nobody's watching him at all. Brother and and so they are surviving off his mom's social security check and probably brother's disability and probably brother's disability check and a small motor repair shop. Wow. This farm consisted of the main house, the shop or garage area where he did his motor repair stuff, um, a side, a side barn, which or side building, which is basically like a tiny barn, a well and a trailer where the brother lived. He's basically Ed Gein. It's disgusting. Just wait. Okay, so on July 21st, right? Is Where did we start? July 19th. So this is only a couple days. Yes. I'm telling you, this case is so fast. Um, police knock on his door, and he was defensive from the start. Like, he... You, oh, I can't wait to play this clip for y'all he has well he has like marks on his like bruises on his legs marks on his arms and then they go into the house and they notice diapers everywhere again we got another diaper fetish <laughs> bags of diapers <laughs> bags of diapers boxes of diapers stray diapers diapers are covered. they adult diapers or yes <laughs> And a candle was burning in every room of the house to dilute the smell of his mother and two Rottweilers. They're dead? No, oh. they're alive. I was like, he's real, he's really Ed Gein. <laughs> okay. But at least he's trying to burn a candle. I mean, that's one. No, I Candles think his mom pees. I think everything. his mom has to wear a diaper and his mom pees everywhere. So were these diapers used soil diapers? Probably. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah, we work on a violent crime task force. Okay. So, and I'm with the state. Okay. So you guys got some suspicions for something here. So you're going to tell me that this is all under the guise of just checking every household, you know, and you're not here for any particular reason. There, there's a young lady that's... I'm not out there killing chicks, dude. I don't have relationships. I mean, I'm, in, I'm trying to get one started online a little bit right now. But, uh, and she's been out here. Guess what? She went home alive. Is there anybody in the house but your mother? Just my mom. Okay. Yeah. Is there any reason why we couldn't go out and look? What part of the house do you want to look at? We'd like to look through the whole house. I have to kill anybody else. that's well, believe it or not, being cooperative was always good. Yeah, right. I will. Really, I'm really violent. I don't think so. You're saying you killed before and you know. I'm just saying, sir, that's not cool to say. Okay, now I know some of that. Let me tell you what they said and all that. What show was that on? Uh, that was that was just an episode of a YouTube. Oh, okay, okay. It's called That Chapter. Okay. Um, so basically, law enforcement goes to the house. They say they're searching for a missing woman. And, and Worley's response is, I'm not, out, I'm not out here killing chicks, dude. And he's like, I don't have relationships. In fact, um, the one I just started online, she's been out here. And guess what? She went home alive. Alive. <laughs> so police, they 
They get his consent to search the house. They go into the bedroom. And once again, Worley was like, well, I haven't killed anybody. I haven't raped anybody. Let's just get that straight. And you're like, we never said you did. We're just here looking for this missing girl. And um, police tell him that being cooperative will be good. And then that Worley guy goes on and was like, dude, listen, if I was out, if I was a psychopath, I would already have your gun and would have shot y'all. Like he's just police at this point know that he's a whack job. And then they continue to search through the house, through the house. Um, when James or Worley puts, puts himself at the scene of the crime. Like he, tells the police that mm. he was riding through that area when his motorcycle broke down. Oh. And he mentions that he saw two bicycles, not just one, which is what was found. So to them, he's now trying to place somebody else at the scene with him. Uh-huh. And which there was never anybody else there, but he informs the police that they're going to find his fingerprints on that bike. He's, Oh, he says that. Yes. Okay. Because he touched the bike and he just keeps blabbing, like going, 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 going. He can't. Yes. Then he adds that, um, Oh, by the way, I also lost some other stuff in that cornfield and went and listed off <laughs> a my screwdriver, a helmet, my feet. Yes. And he goes and lists all this stuff off. And these items that were found, it was never released to the public. Yeah. So they're like, what is wrong with you, guy? You're- Are you the mentally ill brother? <laughs> Are you sure it's your brother, not you? Plus his other crime. So they continue searching the property. Wow. They go out to the garage, which is the shop area, and they don't find anything weird there, nothing alarming. Then they go to this barn. Uh And James starts getting a little irritated and a little flustered. And in this barn were several bays, um, hays of, bells of hay? Bells of hay. (laughs) Was it bays of hay? hay. (laughs) Several, yes. Bells of hay. I I can't even say it now. And there was also like, it was like a dirt ground and there was like fresh rake marks. So it, to them, it looked like something was trying to be hidden uh, or like cleaned up. Uh-huh. Like it was trying to look just all perfect. Um, police take the hay bales and they move them. And behind some of them, they find this green like chest. And it's like a big, big chest, like a treasure chest wrapped in chicken wire. And mm. they open it. And they get a um, a whiff. Interesting surprise. They find rubber gloves, a mask, a rope, diapers, bondage equipment, sex toys, zip ties, and thirty-seven individually packaged and labeled bags of women women's clothing. Oh my god! In these labeled <laughs> bags were. Lace bras, lace panties, bikinis, white romper, leggings, black lace dress, a white beach dress, thongs, a red skirt, thigh-high socks, a pink lace teddy, a black lace teddy, slashed leggings, boob tubes, and a go baby. I don't know what a go. What's a go I have baby? no idea. 
Is he and best friends with Douglas Garland? One pair of bloody women's underwear. Mm. <laughs> those are those. Oh Which my goodness. Douglas, is that the Can- Canada one that he. Oh, oh yeah. Had oh, the, the diapers. diapers and the women's clothing and all the tools. They must have been part of the same fetish group. Oh, for sure. Oh my goodness. Oh, yes. Guys, you're all kind of looking at each other, shaking your heads. Don't play me off this floor. What's the problem? Just I'm talking about, listen, I'll tell you. Clear plastic bags of girls' names. Of what? the girls' names on the bag, your girlfriend. They're not names. It's what they are. I know, but that's strange to me. Dude, that is not strange Here, at all. <laughs> What's wrong with that? That's you in your head. Right. You want to take all that shit with you? It's no. all brands. I know. What are you talking about? All, oh, I've got, look, look. I gift out lingerie and stuff like that. Okay. What the fuck is wrong with it? Nothing's You wrong. give it out? Yeah. yeah, when I go out with people. Hey, listen. You know what? Okay. If I wanted to hide it. I could have done a hell of a lot right, better right. than that. So don't try to That's, don't make no, it. A, I, I you're going to try to take it. this and build some goddamn thing up Absolutely. the ladder. He's saying he felt strange about it. Hang on. What's wrong with getting stuff to, to treat girls? Thank they you. like that shit. What kind of girl? What are you buying? Them? Just uh, well, raw underwear. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Evie. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. what do you get buy from China? Yeah, Ally Express. What is the Ally Express? Al, you don't know about Ally Express. Well, I'm more of a Victoria's oh. Secret kind of girl. I see. The difference is what? Victoria's Secret charges you 15 bucks. Ally Express charges you 75 cents. Yeah. So I get online and I buy 100 bucks worth of shit. You gotta get it to 100 bucks. Over, over a period of a year or two. You can get on my computer and do the background. Ally Express. Now, if you're buying $100 worth of lingerie for a few pennies, that's a lot of lingerie. Well, that's what I'm saying. But who do you get it to? I go out with people. My girlfriend, Olive, that I'm broke up with now. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, how's that working for you? But well, I haven't really gave you much out, have I? And you know what? If I was going to go out and rape and kill whatever, a chick or whatever, how in the hell would I use that much lingerie? So he's trying to say that he bought those things to gift to other women. Yes. Okay. He's so generous. What were the names on the bags? It was, it labeled what the items were. The police thought they were names of women, but it was just like maybe like bras or panties or romper or uh, like it just labeled what was in the, I guess it was because individually. So like one uh, black lace bra, white romp, like every uh, each individual piece was in its own bag. Oh, he's organized. He's so organized in his green chest. So police ask James about the items in the box and he calls them his girlfriend stuff. He's just generous. Okay, guys, why are you judging? I know. He just likes like, to get Like, don't presents. be mad at him. He I, buys in bulk from... He he's, he's a budget shopper. Yeah, he said Victoria's Secret is too much. Yes, I've heard of AliExpress, and it is real cheap. Is it real cheap? <laughs> like falls apart when you put it on cheap? Yeah, it'll definitely turn your wrist green or whatever if it's a bracelet, I'm sure. I don't know. Sorry, AliExpress, if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> then we'll give you a great it's, commercial. It's probably out of business anyway. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, so he goes off on police saying they're judging him and they're kink shaming him because what he tells them is that he has this area where he, this is where he will like he's planning on basically making a porn studio. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. So they're like, he, this is when he's like trying to get them out of that room. Cause he doesn't want them in there. He doesn't want them looking at his stuff and police don't have their warrant yet, but they end up taking him and they put him under arrest. They bring him with him to the station as they prepare their warrant. Okay. So later that night, law enforcement gets the warrant. They return to the barn and here we go. Behind the hay bales, police discover a secret room. In this room are restraints hanging from the walls. All the windows are spray painted so you can't see in or out. But then there's this piece of plywood with holes drilled in the bottom acting as a floor. And they lift it up and they find a freezer that has been buried in the ground and is secured shut with a ratchet strap. Ratchet, mm. ratchet strap? Ratchet strap. So they pull it out of the ground. They open it. And there she is. And it's empty. Ugh. And this freezer has been lined with carpet and smells like bleach. <laughs> this bleach does not hide that other smell that is all too familiar to them. Dead body. Decomposition. So they test the freezer and it turns positive for blood. Okay. okay. So police then, they're like, okay, here we go. We're requesting phone records. We need to see all this stuff. We're going to search every single bit of this property, blah, blah, blah. They find more evidence. They find blood on his motorcycle. They find a mattress also in that barn. They find recording devices, guns, ammo, journals, nanny cams, more zip ties, duct tape, ski masks were also found in his truck. He has zip ties and duct tape everywhere. And that when was that? July 19th? No, that was 21st. 21st. So it happened on the 19th. That was the 21st. And then on July 22nd, that same day that he's arrested, a volunteer searcher is out and noticed a patch of dist- of the disturbed corn in in a oh, different cornfield. And he noticed drag marks and an unusual dirt mound. Uh-oh. It's not an ant mound. So this is going to get pretty graphic because I needed all the details because I'm just real uh-huh. about true crime. Explicit and yes. bloody, y'all. Yep. So detectives shut down the road and they begin to dig. And this hole is three feet wide by four feet long. And the bottom is about two, f- two or three feet deep. Um, and they find Sierra in this shallow grave. She was hogtied, had a shoelace that was used to strap a yellow dog toy into her mouth. Her belly was towards the ground, and her body is unnaturally curved upward with her purple, gray, and swollen face mm. bent back up towards the sky. As her eyes bulged, her ankles were bound with duct tape and her wrists were in handcuffs. She was wearing a lace bra, tube socks, and an adult diaper. Rope was used to tightly pull together her wrists and ankles, bringing her feet uncomfortably close to her head. 
and there was straw in her hair and also covering her clothing, which basically told them like where she had been held captive because where's their hay? Mm-hmm. Bales mm-hmm. of hay. Mm-hmm. So investigators positively identify Sierra's DNA on a piece of duct tape and on the mattress that was found in Worley's barn. Oh, so when they tracked his phone, it showed that he had been the site at the site of Sierra's abduction for about two hours the night that she went missing. And her autopsy revealed that she had died of asphyxiation, which was caused by the gag because it was so forcefully put in there. Oh. And it, it broke like a couple of her teeth Damn. based on how hard, yeah, he pushed it in there. And then the coroner was able to rule out signs. There was no signs of sexual assault. Because mm, he got off on her wearing the diaper like he didn't need to. That and the um, torture. Yes. But I think that also we find out in a sec. I think that she I don't think he planned on her dying that like I don't think he I think he wanted to keep her alive a little bit longer to like play with her. But uh, I think he maybe he didn't know how hard he pushed that or how much she was going to suffocate. I don't know. I don't know. So he did take her to the barn. Because, oh, oh yeah. Just, okay. yeah. So the coroner's able to find out no signs of sexual assault. And, yeah. So August 16th, uh, well, that was a tw- that was July 22nd. Now we're to August 16th. Prosecutors indicted Warling on 19 counts of aggravated murder, kidnapping. Well, these counts included aggravated murder, kidnapping, uh, felonious assault, abduction, tampering with evidence, abuse of a course, and of course he pleads not guilty. Mm. So this is what we find out at the trial that is the true story of what happened. Oh, how? Okay. So, Wordley spent all day watching porn until he went for a ride on his motorcycle. He passed Sierra on her bike and drove into the cornfield waiting to ambush her. Mm. So as she's riding by, he had he he had been planning this for a while because he had with him um all his tools. Yes. Like he had he had the women's clothing and he had just been uh i think he he had the handcuffs so he traveled yeah and he traveled with rope duct tape handcuffs just in case he happened to get himself in the situation so they say that he jumped out of this cornfield as she rode by he hit her over the head with his motorcycle helmet most likely knocked her unconscious she fell off her bike he dragged her off the road into the corn where he restrained and gagged her he sped home to get his truck then came back with his truck, put her in the truck, brought her to his house, brought her into the barn, dressed her in these outfits, Mm. physically assaulted her while edging himself. What does that mean? That means you masturbate and you stop right before you come. Oh. Do you want me me to say that one more time? (laughs) Yeah. Repeat, please. (laughs) It's called edging? It's called, it's like. Just to make it last. Yes. 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 Did BTK do that? I not masturbated. He, but he masturbated, edge. but it wasn't edging. Edging. New term. Yeah, for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You must not watch a lot of porn. Mm-mm. So building up the What did Ted Bundy teach us <laughs> about porn? <laughs> it's all good. Um 
Okay, so this it's builds up anticipation in order to receive this gratification that you want from that you get from her suffering. So he, yeah, he would just like almost and then stop yeah. and then do it again and all, like it was just over and over. Oh, he's disgusting, this guy. <laughs> so she was kept immobilized on this dirty mattress in a room of over a hundred degrees. What he. She was in, it, completely in the wrong place at the wrong time. They had he had no idea who she was nothing. Just saw Fucking somebody. Boyfriend, what boyfriend leaves you by a corn stalk? <laughs> Period. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care how close you were. If you're by a corn stalk, it's always a cornfield. Do you not watch Children <laughs> of the Corn? Malachi could have came right out of there and got his, <laughs> and Isaac could have came right out of there and got her ass. I've actually not ever seen it, but I just figured a bunch of little crazy Oh, it's little crazy children coming out from the corn. But that would be like if you're out in the country, like in he over here anywhere with those big huge corn stalks. I wouldn't I don't wouldn't even pull over and pee on the side of the road by a corn stalk. Oh you ain't from West. <laughs> so it's over hundred degrees in this building. He um this is when he put her in the diaper, hog tied her and gagged her and then put her in that freezer while he went to tend to his mother. Oh, change her diapers. And so as he did that, her air supply was slowly cut off and she slowly suffocated to death. Oh, God. Can you even? I can't. This is horrific. Mm. So here's the only silver lining is. How old was she again? Uh, 20. Oh, gosh. But she looks so young. Yeah. So, you know, she looked, reminded me a lot of one of my sisters. Okay, so sh this was horrible, horrific, horrible, horrible. The only thing that was good about her dying, like, so fast is, like, that she didn't have to suff go through all that and maybe go through, like, being sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. I mean... It's just, it's just, this guy's disgusting. So whenever he came back and he discovered that she was dead, he drove, drove her body and dropped her off in a different cornfield and buried her in the shallow grave. So on March 28th, 2018, Worley is found guilty of 17 to 19 counts. He is being tried also for the death penalty. Good. So now they have to go through a sentencing phase. So on March 20, no. Uh, so jury sentencing guidelines in Ohio require the jury to decide if, if the outweighing mitigating factors warrant a life sentence or if the outweighing aggravated factors warrant a death sentence. And I think mitigating factors is like, has to do with your mental health. Mm -hmm. And then aggravated is like, if it's, purposefully or like mm. extra her, not, her, not like extra bad but extra violent yes extra violent so they end up okay upon the jury finding him guilty so okay they found him guilty and his defense during the sentencing phase they argued that he was a damaged man and that his sexual sadism disorder Mm, oh, that's a disorder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the condition of experiencing sexual arousal response in response to the extreme pain, suffering, or humiliation of others. I mean, I know it's a thing. 
Yeah, no, it's from. I don't think it's an excuse. Oh, that's not his only excuse. His other excuse is sexual paraphilia disorder. Paraphilia. What is that? Well, um, it is whenever you have uh, intense sexual arousal to atypical objects, situations, fantasies, behaviors, or individuals. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so this these things were mitigating factors because they're like your mental, mental uh-huh. stuff. So they also presented that this is his uh, uh, defense team, that he his sexual and incestuous relationship with his 96 year old mother. Uh, I'm going to get a little Chris Chan over here. Um, this was evidence of this disorder. And they said that Worley couldn't help himself from kidnapping and murdering Sierra because his sexual arousal to the extreme pain, suffering and humiliation of others. He had, it had all this control over him. He had no choice. And his mom was too old. He couldn't do his mom anymore. At- her diapers so we had to get somebody else with a diaper prior uh, to them doing this final sentencing worley decided to make a final statement come on what do you say because you know he can't stop talking yeah so he's still talking and he rambles on and they said it was quote rambling and disjointed for 45 minutes oh filibustering filibustering he stated that he believes someone else did the kidnapping and someone else murdered sierra and they left evidence in order to frame him and then this is whenever he started describing sierra as a beautiful girl Mm. half the people in the gallery just walked out like the two two rows of the family they just got up and walked out this is guy is such an asshole April 16th, he's sentenced to death and the judge upheld the standing by saying, if I thought there was a snowball's chance in hell, you were innocent, you'd be looking at life. Mm -mm. So she was put in, was she put in that chest? No. So what was the decomp? So is there, does he have other victims? What? Um, that was, was the freezer. And, that was the yeah, freezer. In the freezer. Was she yeah. put in the freezer? I didn't hear that part if you said he did. She was. That's where she that's died. That's where she died. Okay, okay. That's where she died because she was gagged with that mm-hmm. thing. Okay. Um. So his execution. Oh, so yeah, he was sentenced uh, 11 years for kidnapping, eight years for felonious assault, 11 months for possess, possessing tools, criminal tools, and all kinds of stuff. Mm. So his execution date was originally set for June 3rd, 2019, but it was delayed multiple times due to appeals. Um, In July 2020, his attorneys tried to overturn the conviction and grant him a new trial, saying that there was all these aspects and there's charges and there's like his mental illness. He was he had a competent counsel, uh, all this stuff. The jury did this, blah, 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 blah. Something was tainted. Just bullshit. I think it's crazy. Like, there's so many cases out there that you can try to grant an appeal and get off the death penalty. But, like, this is not one. Like, why would any, I, I, any lawyer, like, waste time or want their name attached to I have no idea. To him. I don't know. I guess, I guess you have to take an oath. I don't know. I don't know. So, execution date 
uh, okay, appeal was denied, all the stuff's denied, and then they finally have set an execution date for May 20th, 2025. <sighs> it couldn't what? be sooner. I don't know. Put it sooner. Well, okay, then this family, the Joggin family, they have created an organization called Justice for Sierra in order to ensure that no child ever has to meet the same fate uh, that she did. And they ha <clears throat> they made a self-defense program called Sierra Strong that this provides children with free training as a part of the school's curriculum. And then they have passed Sierra's law, which establishes a database that is violent offenders because you can type in sex offenders and you get a certain list, but you can't really type in violent offenders mm -hmm. and get a list. True. Okay. So they did that and that's in Ohio. And the family was, uh, they won $3.6 million in a civil suit. Against who? Him? The family won $3.6 million in a civil suit and the property where their daughter was tortured and murdered. I don't know how that works. And he, the, he was, they were awarded that property? Yes. Oh. Because they wanted to have it torn down. Yeah, yeah. So then they want to have it torn down. They want to put like either a park or a memorial something there. And in her honor, but then in August 2020... The FBI actually returned out to the property because it is looking like he had more victims. He had more victims because he wrote this like a hundred page manifesto to a news station, and I'll post that also in the. He's the type that if we wrote him a letter, he would write back. A hundred percent, this guy. Yes, he can't stop. Yeah. He he can't not talk. He's so annoying and he's gross and he's disgusting. I would think he would ha have more, but then that would mean that there's missing girls around there. I know. And that nobody like where tried to look for like and nothing is on their property. It sounds like it's a humongous property and a damn cornfield. You know what? Actually on one of the, shows or podcasts I listened to, they did say that they found a human tongue in their yard. In the people's yard? In yep. Worley's yard? Mm -hmm. So that's a little suspicious. Mm -mm. That is a crazy story. That is a crazy story. I can't believe he had all that stuff. So Douglas Car Garland was also taking care of his elderly parents, and that's why he had a bunch of diapers, too. Like, he was their only main caretaker. We had to take care, like, change their diapers. And then he had a barn. Remember, he had, like, all these acres and all these tools. He watched porn all the time. Like, it's so crazy. And he put, di he put diapers on all three of those victims before he killed them. I cannot but imagine I changing a, a grown person's diaper. Yeah. That's what they have nurses for. I know. And you know what? I'm glad I'm not the favorite kid of any of my parents. So then <laughs> I don't have to change your diapers. Listen, I only know that of all my parents, Didi listens. So Didi, I'll change your diaper. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Wow. That Are was you good. changing your mom's diaper? Or I'll hire somebody to. No. Know. Yeah. You need to change it. I probably will. Okay. I probably will. Well, I'm just going to be in my soiled diaper because I don't have money to come change it. 
Your house is going to be, you're going to have to buy like, candles <laughs> in every room like he did. Yes. It's smell like pee. I would be living like Daryl, what is his name? I'm thinking Darryl of Daryl Brooks. A, no, you're Wait, thinking Daryl Daryl Worley, a singer. Oh, I definitely don't know who that I is. <laughs> right, Daryl Worley. Wow. Sorry, Daryl. Sorry, that Darryl. was good. That was good. That was good. And quick. Oh, good. Yay. Okay, y'all. Um, if you like this episode, send it to a couple friends. If it reminded you of a weird uncle that you have, definitely turn them in. <gasps> I have a now, cool uncle. A weird uncle. Oh, look how pretty she was. She was so pretty. Is this him? Yes. Oh, and he's gross. He's so gross. And evil. If you believe in good, you have to believe in evil. Ugh. And that's just evil. She, I mean... That's the picture. Post those pictures. Okay, y'all. Um, don't forget to go on and rate us, review us, and subscribe to us in this episode to a couple of friends. I've been getting some um, podcast ideas from people. If you have any more, send us an email. Sometimes it's hard to get inspired of like what to talk about next. True. So that always helps. Is there anything else they need to do? Um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and send us your design ideas for dirty chat shirts. Yes, yes. Okay, y'all, don't forget to stay aware, stay alive, and always be DTF. Bye, y'all. Bye. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.